Hello and welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. Um, today, as part of our introduction to who's involved in NAEP and the kind of way that it works, um, I'm talking to Peter Council, who's the Information Officer. Welcome, Peter, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Mark. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Information Officer's job is and, and what your involvement with NAEP is? Yeah, the, the Information Officer role, which I inherited at the beginning of this year, is really the important communication role within it within the, the organization um, it's about contacting the the, the media uh, making sure that they have an, an understanding of what we're thinking about various educational issues but also responding to various organizations who contact us and ask us to be involved with their campaigns for instance with breakfast clubs is one we're involved with school toilet hygiene is another one we're involved with um, sun sunscreen and, and you know taking care of children in in the sun during the summer was another one we were involved with um but it, so so it's about being that that person that deals with all those aspects of it because you know obviously other people don't have time to do that and uh and, and also about trying to help to help our, our national office to to field inquiries about any aspect of education that come in may, may be from members but it, but it's usually from members of the media Great. And so from that idea, can you take us back into to your experience of education and your roles within education over your over your, your professional career? Yeah, we could start with my experience of education as a as a pupil, which was a long time ago, I have to admit. <laughs> um, but it but it, it, it ended up as a as an educational failure. Funnily enough, a lot of the discussions recently about grammar schools and whether there should be more or less grammar schools and so on um, are very relevant to to my experience of education because I passed 11 plus and um, managed to to get a place in not the first choice grammar school that I applied to um, but to another one which was 30 miles away uh, and was then trained there every day for whatever how many years it was I was there six years felt very very lonely very lonely none of my peers had gone to grammar school gone to that school um, none of them the people that I lived with didn't really want to know me because I was you know obviously a complete snob because I'd gone to a different school uh, so it, it was it was a very dispiriting experience my parents didn't really understand um, what it was about it was a long way for them to go to go to talk to the school they expected on a parents evening when they made a special effort to, to go on the train to the school um, to see the headmaster and get a full report about me he wasn't wasn't quite that way that he saw things and didn't really want to speak to them and didn't really have anything to say to them because he didn't know who I was and so it was a very sad experience for me I ended up coming out with well my GCSE results have recently GCE as they were then have recently been revised I, I came out with two grade nines and a grade seven which I'm quite proud to present now because they, they are superb. However, at that time, they were failures. <laughs> so, so I'm rewriting history now and, and just proudly presenting my grades. Um, but, you know, from then and, and, and at that time, I had thoughts about being a teacher before taking GCSEs or GCEs and so on, O-levels. You know, I, I had actually thought about being a teacher. I thought about being a PE teacher. I really loved PE and I wanted to do it. And so it was it was quite crushing to realize that was never going to happen. 
because I was such a failure academically. Uh, I left school and um, started working various jobs all over the place. Um, but still harbored this idea, I think, that, you know, I could be a teacher and people saying to me in a couple of jobs where I'd done some training for them um, that, you know, well, you, you'd be good at this. And, um, and then eventually about the in the 70s, when Shirley Williams was was education secretary, she suggested that it would be a really good idea if we allowed teachers who didn't have the formal qualifications, people who didn't have the formal qualifications to become teachers, um, to use their life experience, because that was really, really quite valuable. So I applied um, and uh, sailed through the interview and the college said, you know, we'd really like you to, to, to come. It just needs to be rubber stamped by the Senate. And uh, and they and then it, I got a letter saying that the Senate said I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so I contacted them and said, look, you know, I'm quite determined to come now. Uh, I could offer you the one O level that I have got now because I, I subsequently got one at, at evening classes um, <clears throat> and the possibility of, of one A level, which I'm taking at the moment. And uh, I'm determined to come. So you can either send me away in to get two more A levels and, and wait till I get it and I'll be quite resentful or you can have me when I come. <laughs> and they said, well, you get the A level, you can come. But it was really interesting how vital it seemed that somebody who desperately wanted to teach and who had experience of life, who had, you know, clearly demonstrated to them in the interview that it that, that I would be good enough, wasn't accepted because they didn't have that piece of paper. And I thought that was really sad. And that's formed quite a lot of my views about the importance of exams and testing and so on, which are not seen by me to be that relevant to the realities of education in its broadest sense. Uh, so it's been quite formative. So so going on from there, you obviously did then train and you did become a teacher and I know that you've been a headmaster as well. So so yeah. take us through that sort of subsequent bit. Sort of, uh, it's really interesting to sort of hear how, you know, that sort of non-traditional route in, into a profession that you're obviously now passionate about. Um, but your experience is then from actually becoming a teacher and, and then all the way through to actually then being in, involved as, as being a head. I have to say that from the start of training, um, and I've just felt so blessed to have been able to do it. You know, I was in my late 20s by that time, and I have just felt since then that I was so lucky to be involved in education and to be teaching. Um, and I dropped into a job eventually where the head teacher, who was quite inspirational to me and many other people in the way that he viewed education, when I'd been interviewed, he said, okay, you've got all these great ideas about education. What I want you to do now is get on and put them into practice. And, you know, that was quite scary because these were you know, ideas about, about children being important and children having autonomy and children being really the centre of education. Um, and a lot of schools weren't doing that and a lot of teachers weren't doing that. They thought that it was important that teachers were the centre of education and, uh, and everybody, everything revolved, revolved around them. Uh, so that was really exciting times for me and inspiring. Went through my career there, that school, uh, then uh, it was a, it was in fact a middle school then, and I taught uh, year fives and, and year sevens. Then eventually, after merging with another school and becoming a much bigger middle school, I did some advisory work, and um, but was determined that I didn't want to be a deputy head. I saw that as being um, a very 
difficult job to do with very little reward. And so I trained in the first cohort of people with um, NPQH. It's a national qualification for headship. I don't know what it's called now, but it's but that's what it was then. And applied for lots of headships and eventually was, was lucky enough to get the, the headship of a primary school following a, an inspirational person who had been in that school, a chap called Michael Armstrong, uh, who sadly is, is no, lo- no longer with us, but who had been fantastic thinker about education and there are several books by Michael which particularly talking about children's writing and and the way in which they uh, develop their creative imagination so I was there for uh, 15 16 years before I retired but in that time I took on the chair of an organization called OFTA, which is the Oxfordshire Primary Head Teachers Association, which was the body that negotiated for on behalf of the primary schools in Oxfordshire with the other bodies that we organised with, that we interacted with, like the local authority and various others as well. Uh, as a result of that, got involved in a national organisation and chaired a national group of, of similar because there's one of those bodies in every county, um, chaired the national organisation for that, um, and then eventually retired and was asked if I would like to join the council, National Council for NAEP, uh, which I was very pleased to do because I, I knew some of the people that were involved and you know we shared a view about education and about primary education being very important. The one thing that struck me, especially as, as you started to, to talk towards the beginning there, was that whole idea of a child first and a child centred education. And of course, that's mm. exactly what NAEP's all about. It, it's, you know, having the child yeah. at the centre of everything that goes on, all the decisions that are made with the guidance and the knowledge and expertise within education, but with the child as the most important factor in how we can create an environment to support them to be the best people that they can. So that's a really great conversation in, and the background that you gave us there to see how your experiences of of being a student and going through and actually then with your ability and your experience of being a, a teacher in a head sort of brings that all thing together and, and becoming part of NAEP and in such an integral part of NAEP um you know is a real asset from having that better background so thanks very much for chatting to us it's really really interesting to get to, to start to get to know the council and the people involved and um we look forward to, to sharing more conversations in the future thank you Mark